0: Wow! We had no idea this many people would come out for Krispy Kreme donuts and Starbucks coffee. <laughs> we know the real reason we're here, to celebrate our amazing God and how amazing He's been to Orchard Church for the last 10 years. So can you just give it up for our great God right now and just thank Him for His goodness. Man, it is so awesome to see all of you guys see this stadium. I think we're going to need a bigger stadium. <laughs> And that's a good problem to have. And everybody said... That's right. Man, we're so glad you guys are here today. We got a lot of fun things planned. We have an opportunity to look back over the last 10 years at all the amazing things that God has done to change people's lives, to introduce people to Jesus Christ, to see people baptized, to see them discipled, and just uh, lives completely changed. So we're going to look back, and we also have an opportunity to look ahead, because I don't know about you guys, but I don't believe that God has done blessing Orchard Church. I think he's just getting started. Amen? So we're going to look ahead as well. And one of the values we've had here at Orchard Church for the last 10 years is that we believe that coming to church should be fun. Amen? It's okay to have fun in church. It's okay. I I personally think as Christians, we ought to have more fun than anybody else. Because we know that we're saved, we're forgiven, and we know we're going to spend eternity. We ought to be the happiest people in the world, and church ought to be fun. And so we're going to have a little fun for just a moment right now. Don't you guys appreciate all those who do the rundown? Elise and Mike and Laura Norby. Don't they do a great job? They do an awesome job with our, our rundown. But you guys get to see the finished product. You guys get to see the edited, per- perfected version. You don't get to see the outtakes and the bloopers that happen. We've been saving some outtakes and bloopers. And we just knew there would come a day at some point that we might be able to watch these and have fun with them. And they, most of them don't even know that we're going to do this. Well, that day has come. So welcome to Blooper
1: Outtakes. You're going to enjoy this.
2: and gain some insight from Solomon a true
3: oh our next baptism
4: <laughs> yeah that one our next bit of whatever that might be
5: this year's retreat is called refresh and will take place after the whole thing no
2: attention ladies don't miss the next Orchards. <laughs> is that all one yeah. it is dang it okay hey every <laughs> my voice
5: This morning we're, wow, next class, just sign my,
3: right here at Prairie View High School, hang on, ran out of air, (laughs) you ready?
5: (laughs) Okay,
2: wisdom is something that we could all use a little, start
5: from the very beginning,
2: there will be a Rockies game and a concert from Michael W. Smith. This year, we're sitting behind... Oh, Sorry. This Saturday, April 25th, there will be a Spanish ministry preview service at our Spanish... <laughs> our Spanish ministry center. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I just want to say Spanish. This Saturday, April 25th, there will be a Spanish...
1: there? <sighs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. We also have.
4: (laughs) Hey, fuel students! Did you hear my voice? I'm in puberty, just like you.
2: (laughs) Sun will be behind us. Yeah. Can I just start over?
4: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. Make sure to mark your calendars for this horse. If you would be willing to smost a
2: small group. Oh, do I? Ah, oh, this is
5: torture. What? We'll be hearing from our church building consultant about the completion of his needs. This morning we're beginning a new series called I Am Jesus. Oh, I
1: yeah,
5: I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I am Jesus. You are Jesus. One day you'll do all these outtakes, I'm sure. The blooper roll. <laughs> we'll never know. That would be total fun for April Fools.
4: I don't want that one, because if you guys ever did a blooper, that would be terrible.
6: They never thought I would make it air. Make it air, that's amazing. Good, Good stuff, good stuff. Well, it's our 10th anniversary as a church. It's an exciting day, but you know what else? It's a 10th anniversary for a family that started this church here in Denver, Colorado, and they're named the Damarons, and they're with me up here today. So awesome stuff. And I, I think it'd be great just to take a minute. I wanted to ask them some questions because uh, this church didn't start overnight, obviously, and I think there's some really cool things that they could share with you guys today just to give you a little history about the church. And what what, how that all came to be. Uh, Some of you know, some of you don't. Doug was my youth pastor about, I keep saying 20 years, but it's getting longer than that. Let's just leave it at 20. Yeah, yeah, leave it at 20. He's my youth pastor uh, there in Missouri. And then you fast forward a few years. uh, They were uh, serving at a church in Indiana and then ended up in Pueblo, Colorado at a church. And so I want to just ask, ask you to tell us about, about that journey from Pueblo to Denver. How, how did that all start, the calling you had from God to start this church?
0: Well, it certainly wasn't difficult to leave Pueblo and come to Denver. I can tell you that, if you know anything about Pueblo. Um, we had felt that God might be calling us to plant a church for many years. Um, when I first entered you know, full-time ministry uh, back in a while ago, um, I kind of told Shelly, I said, I think someday God might call me to plant a church. And for many years, she thought I was just crazy. You know, I've always been a little bit of a risk taker, and entrepreneurial spirit. And, and I, I wondered that too. I mean, I knew I was crazy. But I wondered, like, is this just a crazy idea that I have? Or is this God really calling us to do that? And then um, it was in about 2002 that we, we prayed about it. And we talked about it. And we really felt like that God was leading us down the path of planting a church and Colorado was always one of the tops on our list. This was the fourth most unchurched metropolitan city in the country. So there was a church from Pueblo that called me to come on staff and I said well if I'm moving from Indiana to Colorado um, I believe God would be leading us to take steps to plant a church. So they said well we definitely need churches here. So they said why don't you come be on our staff for two to three years and then we'll send you out. And so that's kind of how it happened and After we were there about a year and a half, the pastor um, basically retired. And so we said, maybe this is our time to go plant a church. And we were actually going to step out in faith and do that. And that was in about uh, 2004. And they got a new pastor, and the new pastor kind of begged us to stay and said, you know, would you please stay? Help us through this transition. You know, I'm going to be new there. And so we decided to put that on hold and, and wait another year, year and a half. And so we stayed on staff there uh, from 2004 to 2005, and then um, we started feeling again that God was really prompting us to, to go, but we just, you know, there's a difference between a burden and a call, and we wanted it to be a call from God. We wanted it to move from a desire uh, to an act of obedience, that if we don't do this, we're, we're disobeying God. So I was actually leading a group of men in our church at that time in Pueblo in 2005, through the the New Testament. We were reading verse by verse through the New Testament. And I wasn't looking for a verse. I just got up that morning and God had been working in our heart. And I came across, and I I think we have a picture of my Bible um, that I was reading at the time. And this was 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8. And I got to verse 10. And I know you probably can't see it on the screen, but I encourage you to look at it later. And Paul basically said, what you desired to do a year ago, you now must do and complete it. And at that moment, it was the strongest closest thing to the audible voice of God that I've ever heard in my entire life. I mean, those pages just, I mean, the words just jumped off the page. And I had been praying, God, if this is what you want us to do, make it so there's no way that I could miss it. And after I read that, God said, is that good enough? Because it had been exactly one year. I ran upstairs. I shared it with Shelly. I just read the verse and I said, does this mean anything to you? And I just read her the verse and she, she was brushing her teeth and she just said, is that really what it says? And I'm like, yeah. And, and, and I wrote it in my Bible. It was on March 9, 2005. I, if you could see it, I put go exclamation point. And that was the morning that God told us to come to Denver and start or- Orchard Church. That's how it all happened.
6: Awesome.
3: Well, and for me, um, we had been praying and praying and seeking God on, you know, is this the time? We didn't want to get one step ahead of God. And that same morning, I was doing Beth Moore's Believing God. And um, it was the morning about Abraham. And it was his call to go to a place where a land that he didn't know and where he knew no one. And, you know, the, the question was, are you willing to go to a land you don't know where you know no one? And the Lord was working on my heart, working on my heart. And then Doug came up with that verse. And I was like, okay, let's go. Let's do it. And I remember when we were doing some survey trips and driving around Denver, and it seemed so big, because I've never lived in a city this big. And I thought, there is no way. How in the world are we going to make an impact on something so big when we're so small? And look what God's done.
6: Awesome. That was amazing. And we're glad you guys did, for sure. So, tell us about the, the name Orchard Church. Because, I mean, I, I'm assuming it's not named after the shopping center down no. the road. No, um, I
0: think they stole it from us. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Because we were here first. Yeah, um, we knew that we wanted to plant a church that was rooted in discipleship. Um, disciples that make disciples, reproducing reproducers. It's the whole idea in John chapter 15 where Jesus said to go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and that fruit that bears more fruit. And so it was the whole idea of fruit that reproduces itself. We wanted to make sure we reproduced as a church individually through one-on-one discipleship and, and corporately by planting other churches. And I came across a little book. A friend of mine said, aren't you planting a church? I was like, yeah. And he goes, I came across this book and it's called The Orchard. I mean, it was like 20 pages. It's my kind of book that I like to read. And it was Basically, all based on John chapter fifteen, and when I read that, I was like, "That's exactly the kind of church we want to be." And so, before we ever even moved here, God gave us the name Orchard Church. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah.
6: So, uh, like Shelley said, Denver's a big place. What What led you to Brighton? What led you to this area right here?
0: Well, it was, it was again, it was totally a God thing. We, for an entire year, year and a half, were planning to plant um, Orchard Church in Castle Rock. Um, that's where we were going to go. And then as we began to take the steps of faith to try to find a place to live and a fit place to meet, God just kept closing the doors. And a very wise missionary had shared Proverbs 16, 9 with me. It says, a man's heart plans his way, but it's the Lord that directs our steps. And we had been making plans, but the Lord kind of directed our steps differently. And, and the doors just weren't opening. And, and I believe in, you know, that God opens doors and he closes doors. And I, I believe sometimes we got to jiggle the handle But if the door is closed and locked, don't try to bust it down. And and the doors just weren't opening for Castle Rock. And during that same time, I ran into three different people in one week, completely separate, independent of each other. And the first person said, hey, aren't you guys planning to go to Denver to plant a church? I said, well, we're planning to go to Castle Rock. And I didn't tell them about the doors being closed. And they said, well, you know, there's this brand new community called the Reunion Area. It's out by the airport. And then there's just houses popping up everywhere. There's no churches out there. And the first person, I just kind of blew it off because I was like, we're going to Castle Rock. And like literally two days later, somebody else says the same thing to me. And then I'm like, okay, God, you have my attention now. And then like two days later, another person, same thing, same area. And by then we're like, God's screaming at us. And we're like, okay, we better drive to Denver. And we started driving around this, the reunion, the Brighton area. And, and the, God just began to fling the doors open for a place to live, a place to meet. And it was obvious that God wanted us in this area. So I hope you guys are okay with that. That's how God
3: redirected us. Um, when we came up here on those survey trips, it was just crazy because every time we got snowed in yeah. and had to stay here, and we were up here in March and April, and we, we both times had to find a place to stay, and we were like, God, if you let us go back to Pueblo, I promise we'll come back here,
0: because <laughs>
3: he just wanted to keep us here in Denver.
0: Yeah, and we just, everyone we would meet, I mean, in the grocery store, and the gas station, they would just be like, oh, we need a church, we need a church. And God just was screaming out, this is the place, this is the
6: area. Very cool. So you you get here, Mm -hmm. you don't know anyone really. Nobody. Right? I mean, you come in, it's not like you had a big congregation that was sent to you by another church to start start another church. You came here, just the four of you, right? Right. Um, So tell us about the first steps. What do you do when you come to a place you don't know anyone?
0: Well, there again, God's hand was all over our step of faith. Um, There was a Christian organization called Apartment Life, And what they do is they hire CARES teams. They try to find Christian couples, and they put them into an apartment complex to basically be the social directors of the apartment complex because they found if you build community among the people that live in the apartments, they'll stay longer. And so um, they said, your job is to meet new people, get to know them, and, you know, through your relationship, try to lead them to Christ. And we'll pay for your apartment for free while you do it. Okay. Okay. That's exactly what we're trying to do in starting a church, and so many of the first families that we met were through apartment life, and we lived in an apartment rent-free for many months, and that then the clubhouse we met in was because of that as well for like eight months, so God's hand was just all over every step for us to meet people.
3: It, when we were first here, it seemed like everywhere we went that we would talk to somebody, and they'd be like, why are you moving here from Pueblo, and we're like, we're here to plant a church, and they would be like, where is it? We want to come. Where is it? We want to come, and... You know, I had grown up in church my whole life and invited lots of people to church, and most of the time I heard no, and I, everybody we met, like seriously, they were begging us to come to church. It was just such a God thing. Yeah,
6: that's awesome. So, you know, our, our uh, discipleship process is Reach, Relate, Reproduce, and I know, know, know you guys, and I know your passion and heart for reaching people. So, who were the first people that you reached here at Orchard Church?
0: Yeah. It was so amazing because the very first people we reached was an entire family. Um, Jason and Megan Freidendahl and, and their kids. And... um we, we were able to lead them to Christ. We, we baptized the whole family. I think we have a picture of their family. This is Jason and Megan and Kirsten and, and their kids, Aaron, and they were the very first family that came to Christ. They were at the very first Bible study that we ever had. We met them at the Adams County Fair um, and, and, and that's, it was just amazing to see an entire family come to Christ, get baptized. I was able to disciple Jason, Shelly disciple Megan, and so we knew we were in the right place, and there have been hundreds and thousands of individuals and families since then, but, but they were the first ones. You guys can get to hear from them in just a little bit. Yeah, they're, and they're still here 10
6: years later. 10 years here. later, they're still so with us. We're excited to hear yeah. from them later. Yeah. Cool. Um, so you, the history is you, you went from the apartment to the clubhouse, then you ended up in a rec center. You just kept outgrowing places. Right. And then you're like, you saw some construction, right? I mean, there, there was this high school being built. So, you know, I know that there's a lot of church plants, you know, coming to the area and a lot of people would want. This high school. So, how did Orchard Church land Prairie View High School? Yeah, I think Shelly wants to, even before the high school,
0: even the rec center, you know, like you said, we were in the apartment for two weeks, we outgrew it, then we started meeting in the clubhouse for about eight months, rent free, that was a God thing. And then we needed another place, so we were in the Green Valley Ranch Rec Center for about six months before the high school. And there's a story that Shelly wanted to share about that. Yeah, it,
3: we um, were in an apartment complex, just the clubhouse, and We were going to like 60 people, which barely fit into the clubhouse. But on top of that, we had children, and we had absolutely no place for children. And so we were just at our wit's end. The hotel didn't want us um, in there. We just, there just isn't very many places to meet around here. And um, the only place was the rec center. And you know how Doug is. Um, He is very ambitious, if you all hadn't noticed. And um, he had gone to this rec center and asked them three times if they would let us meet at the rec center. And he kept hearing, no, we don't want a church in here. No, we don't want a church in here. No, we don't want a church in here. So Doug was like, you know, he's also the eternal optimist. So he was like, they're just holding it for us. They're just, we don't need it yet. When we need it, it's going to open up. And so we finally needed it. And he calls me up on the phone. I was home with the kids And he says, I'm going to go over to the rec center and see if they'll let a church meet there. And I'm like, Doug, you've gone over there three times. You're going to give our church a bad name in the community. They're not going to like you. I don't know why you're going to go there again. They've told you no three times. And he says, well, Shelly, I feel like God wants me to go. And I'm like, okay, well, if God wants you to go, then you can go. But it was true. (laughs) So... He goes over there and I get a phone call like a half an hour later and he's like, we have a signed contract, they let us in the rec center. And um, basically the manager had it changed, they changed, changed managers. and they had hired a lady that was a Christian to now be the manager of the rec center and God just opened a huge door yeah. for us.
0: God just went before us, yeah. And as far as Prairie View High School, like Gary said, I was I was driving by uh, 120th. I was heading to Thornton. I had no idea they were even building the high school. And this was in the spring of uh, 2006 and I drove by and I saw the high school going up and I was in my truck, I immediately pulled over and realized it was a high school and I, I felt like God just spoke to me and said that's where Orchard Church is going to be meeting for, for many years to come. I knew they would have a big auditorium and I just pulled over right there, right here on 120th, I mean like eight and a half years ago and I just started praying and I said God if you would give us this high school we will be good stewards of it and we'll make a difference in this community and so I filled out the paperwork and we thought we were the first ones in line make a long story short Um, When it was time, they were going to start letting the church meet on uh, the first Sunday, January of 2007. And they said, well, there's about five other churches that are interested in meeting in Prairie View High School Auditorium as well. And even though you got your application in first, some of them called first. So they decided, they said they thought the only fair thing was to have a lottery. And so they called all five of us into a room. They put our names in a hat. And uh, God chose Orchard Church. And we got Prairie View High School. And that was a game changer. That was a game changer.
6: And the school has been a blessing. A really huge has, blessing. Has we blessing, would
0: not be where we are today if God had not opened that door
6: and pulled our name from that hat. Yeah. But look what God has done. God's it's will. amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, cool. Well, last thing I wanted to ask you guys. Um, I, I know that as a church planter, and I talk to other pastors and church planters, and I've been in meetings with you and other church planters and pastors and a lot of times, the, I think the main question you get asked is, what was the hardest thing about planting a church like this? What, but I want to take a little different route today, because today is a, is a celebration. Today is to look back and go, man, look at what God has done. So I want to ask you guys, what is the most rewarding thing of the last 10 years here at Orchard Church?
0: Kids are not up here just to look pretty, although they do. And um, I just want to thank Orchard Church, Gary, I think, uh, uh, worked all this out. Um, Our son, Caleb, who's been off at college, surprised us and came home to celebrate the 10th with us. And so thank you guys for making that happen. And uh, I knew I wasn't going to get through all this without crying. And our daughter, yeah, she has got Kleenex. Our daughter, I mean, this is just such a monumental week. Two weeks for us, for the Dameron family, for Orchard Church. Um, our daughter, Caitlin, uh, turned 18 on Thursday and graduated from high school a year early. And uh, Caleb's going to be 20 next week. And, so, and then we're turning 10. I mean, when we moved here, uh, these kids were 10 and 8 years old. And they've got to see everything that God has done, and I've told them many times: you guys can never, ever in your life doubt the power of God, because you've watched it for ten years up close. And so, um, but we're grateful to have them with us today, um, as well. And they've been a part of this; they've been a huge part of this. So, I want to give them a chance to answer that question real quick before we do. Uh,
5: One of the biggest things for me was when we got the high school. This is where I attended high school and everything, and. Played baseball right over there and played football right here, and um, I, ha- I made a lot of friends with the church and with the school and everything. And I was able to bring those people to church with me and say, "Hey, we're meeting at the same place you're going to school." And a lot of those friends accepted Christ, and those are going to be friends that I have forever.
0: Amen. Amen. Yeah. Hold it on.
4: Well, there's so many amazing big things that have happened over the last 10 years, but. Well, this is crazy, there's so many people. Um, so, you know, Orchard is my family, you know, and I grew up in the church, and to see all the people and their lives change, I can't say anything else is bigger than that. Mm. And I'm so proud of my parents, and, you know, there's times where I thought they're kind of crazy and why are all these people (laughs) coming to see my dad talk like (laughs) what is going on here
0: she's the one that keeps me (laughs) humble so we all need that
4: but uh sure enough you know all the you know they always said you know follow god's will and great things will happen and that has come true every time and you know watching it year after year it's only grown and become bigger and more beautiful and more people, you know, amazing, amazing people have come into my life and that's such a blessing for me. And, you know, I'm just proud of the church and, you know, when you, growing up in church and a lot of people ask me, you know, are you going to get out of church? Are you tired of going every week? And, like, do you want to try your own thing? And I'm like, absolutely not, you know. I'm so blessed to be a part of this church and, I want to be a part of this church as long as I can. And, you know, it's just a great thing. It's amazing.
0: Amen. Amen. It's awesome. Okay. So the way I would answer the the question of what's been the most um, exciting thing in the last 10 years, uh, what's been the most wonderful thing and, and the biggest blessing, I would answer the question this way. If in the last 10 years, Orchard Church, you've accepted Christ through Orchard Church, or you've been baptized, you've rededicated your life, you've been discipled here, would you just stand up, if that's any of you right now, would you just stand up right where you're at? Just stand up right where you're at. This is my answer. This is my answer right here. This is why we're here. This is why we do what we've been doing. I think that's well over half of you guys. That's my answer, It's all those people.
3: Well, my answer is a follow-up to that, because there isn't, I mean, this is the reason, the reason why we stepped out on faith. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't know how God was gonna provide financially. We didn't know where we were gonna live. We didn't know who we were gonna meet. And it was a really scary time but we knew God had called us to something. And we knew that we had to be obedient. And this is the reason why we did it, because we knew that God was faithful, even in our weaknesses, even when we can't do it, even when the job seems so big. There's just no way that we could do this on our own. This is completely God, but that's the reason why. But I want to answer it on a personal level, too that um, it has been such a privilege and blessing to be able to work alongside my husband as a team and um, to see God do all that he's done. You know, we prayed that God would do something God-sized, and he's done that. And um, one of the biggest things for me is, I remember we were sitting around a campfire when Caleb was like 11 or 12, and we were talking about, doubting God you know that's a normal time in a kid's life when they tend to decide whether what they believe about God is real for them and I remember sitting there and he said I've questioned God at times but then I look around and I see what God has done through Orchard Church and the lives that he's changed and I know God is real and I just want to thank you for being a testimony to my kids that God is real because he's seen it in you all. And that's priceless.
6: Well, you know, I know it's been a blessing to you guys, and I know it's been rewarding to you as a family, but I would say it's been as much or a blessing to all of us to have you and your family lead this church and pastor this faithfully for 10 years. Church, can we just thank Pastor Doug and his family. Thank you guys. guys you know and we could say thank you but talk is cheap (laughs) and what we do as a church and what you've led us to do is to show that we're thankful to show you guys that we're thankful for you and I can say personally without trying not to cry that I've had several youth pastors in my life and no one has made an impact on me more than you and I appreciate you for that Thank you. So, church, uh, First Timothy tells us very clearly to honor our pastors, and especially the ones to handle the preaching and the teaching. And I just want to ask you this morning: Is it okay if we just recognize and honor our pastor and his family this morning? So, why don't you guys, come on out? You didn't need to get me flowers. That's okay. Yeah, well, we love you, man. <laughs> uh, so. I've asked um, Don and Patty Boak on behalf of the the church and the executive council to make a presentation this morning.
7: Thank you. Pastor Doug and family, as the chairman of the executive council and representative of the Orchard Church, we, the Orchard Church, thank you for your ministry and love towards us over the last 10 years. We'd like to thank you for allowing God to speak to you. And say go. We'd like to thank you for your words as you preach to us every week in a special way. Lord we'd like to thank you for teaching us to be disciples and to be disciples of others. We'd like to thank you for teaching us to be spiritual in our faith. Ridiculous. We would like to thank you for making us to love one another as you've loved us and as Christ has loved us. So Pastor Doug and family, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for you, so we'd like to present these gifts to you as a church and look forward to what God has in store for us over the next 10 years. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And
6: just so you know, we're presenting, Thank you, Thank you. presenting them with Thank you. some gifts. Uh, we, uh, the executive council has decided that Doug and Shelley are to take a mandatory trip. Thanks. Um, and uh, we we're going to be looking at planning that. We want to send you on an all-expense-paid trip for you guys, and it's going to be very special. And so we're excited about that. Shelley, we also have a gift for you because we know behind every good man, we all know the rest of that. That's right. <laughs> and uh, we we know you were wanting some carpet replaced in the in your, your bottom floor of your house. <laughs> so we want to do that for you. <laughs> Okay. Aww. And then, and I'm listen. A carpet, okay? I'm a I'm a staff kid. Been a staff kid my whole life. You know, there's some perks and there's some disadvantages with it. And so we don't want to go. Uh, go past this day and not recognize you two as the kids and as, as, as the, uh, the kids that have come up in ministry and you guys have sacrificed too. So we wanted to say thank you to both of you uh, for, for being a part of this church as well. Church, let's thank our, our, family, our pastor and family. All right, well, it's an historic day. We're celebrating 10 years of Orchard Church. So, we want to show you a quick video just showing the amazing history of this church. People genuinely care, it's
3: not that fake kind of care that you get at some other churches where you see them on, you know, Sunday and then on Monday they don't know who you are.
8: Or your church is full of real people and that's
3: always awesome.
2: On July 12, 2005, Doug and Shelley Dameron with their children Caleb and Caitlin relocated to the northeast side of Denver with a calling from God to plant a church in one of the most unchurched cities in America. Of all the population of this growing area, 90% claim no church affiliation. It was their desire to glorify God by planting a new, reproductive, fruit-bearing church rooted in relevant Bible teaching, small groups, and biblical one-on-one discipleship.
6: I look forward to every single Sunday showing up and seeing our family. It also broke down uh, and helps me understand what God's plan for me is.
2: I love to be able to do for others, and it provides me the perfect opportunity to make a difference. On August 7, 2005, Orchard Church began meeting regularly on Sunday mornings with a small core group of young families and singles. The church saw rapid growth, and soon, approximately 50 attendees came each week. On Easter Sunday of 2006, Orchard Church was publicly launched at the Courtyard Marriott on Tower Road. Over 135 attended.
7: We came to the church, and it was really just a Sunday-to-Sunday-type relationship that we had. And, and over the years, as we've been here now through small groups and through discipleship, we've really just formed such strong bonds with all the families that we interact with.
2: On Sunday, January 7, 2007, Orchard Church began meeting at the new 600-seat Prairie View High School Auditorium in South Brighton. In the spring of 2010, we added a second service to accommodate the growth, and in the fall of 2013, a third service was needed as we began averaging over a 1,000 in attendance every Sunday.
3: Orchard Church has impacted my life in a lot of different ways. We've been involved in small groups and all kinds of different areas and made a lot of friends, and we found a great place to worship. It's been home for us.
2: For our entire existence, Orchard Church has grown at a remarkable 26% per year. We have seen over a thousand people put their faith in Christ and be baptized. In the past year alone, there were more than 300 who accepted Christ, over hundred baptisms, and over 200 who joined our church family. Currently, we have well over 40 small groups ministering to over 400 adults in meetings throughout the week. And we have over 200 people who are actively involved in one-on-one discipleship. Besides supporting several missionary families, Orchard Church fully funds manna feeding centers in Haiti, the Philippines, and Mexico.
6: It was just extremely impactful to me to see the way God was moving at this church every single week, every single week watching people come up and get baptized and, and I wanted to be the
5: place
9: where God was moving and this, God is moving here.
2: With orchards consistent and rapid growth, we were quickly filling up Prairie View High School. In the fall of 2014, God led us to purchase 38 acres right next to the high school. Because of the faithful stewardship of Pastor Doug and the leadership, we were able to purchase the land with cash, which positioned us to set our sights on building our very first permanent facility.
3: I found friends here, Um, I went through discipleship and that helped me learn so much about myself and so much about God and the Bible. In
2: 2015, Orchard Church celebrated 10 years of faithfully making disciples through our Reach, Relate, Reproduce process. After 10 years, a lot has changed at Orchard Church, but one thing has stayed the same a passion to see more and more lives changed through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's exciting to imagine what God has planned for Orchard Church in the next 10 years as we continue to build a legacy for generations to come.
10: Happy 10th anniversary, Orchard Church.
2: Happy 10th anniversary, Orchard.
5: Happy 10th anniversary, Orchard.
3: Happy 10th anniversary, Orchard Church. Happy 10th anniversary, Orchard. Woohoo! Happy 10th anniversary, Orchard Church. Happy 10th anniversary,
7: Orchard Church.
4: Happy 10th anniversary, Orchard Church. Happy 10th anniversary, Orchard Church. Happy
7: 10th anniversary, Orchard Church. Feliz 10th anniversary, Orchard Church. Happy 10th anniversary, Orchard Church.
2: Happy 10th anniversary, Orchard Church. Happy 10th anniversary, Orchard Church.
7: Happy 10th anniversary, Orchard Church. Happy 10th anniversary, Orchard Church.
3: Happy 10th anniversary, Orchard
6: Church. Happy 10th anniversary, Orchard Church. Happy 10th anniversary, Orchard Church. Happy 10th anniversary, Orchard Church.
0: Well, I can tell all of you this. Um, We would not be here today, we would not be experiencing all the blessings of God today the way we have if it hadn't been for all of the faithful people, not just attending Orchard Church but serving at Orchard Church for the last ten years, and so, and and today, even just to pull off an event like today, took hundreds of people volunteering uh, to get this. This didn't just happen. Right? So, can we just give a big round of applause and a thank you to all those who serve all the time, serve today? We couldn't, we couldn't do it without you guys. Um, But we have uh, a unique opportunity right now for just a few moments to hear from some of the originals. These are three of the original families uh, that we reached or found Orchard Church in the first few months of our existence. And they've been here faithfully and not just faithfully attending, but faithfully serving and being a part of this ministry uh, in 10 years. So we call these the OGs of the OC, the originals. So can we welcome them to the stage right now? The OGs of the OC. I thought you guys would like that. And so I just want to take a a moment to interview them a little bit and and get um, some responses to what they've seen over the the last 10 years. Um, So my first question for you guys would would be this. And so let me just introduce everybody. We have James and Liz Conyers here on the end. Uh, Terry and Kim Goldstein. Terry's our Eddie Van Halen in the praise band. Okay. And then, of course, we have Jason and Megan Freidendahl that we, we talked about. And uh, my first question for you guys will be this. For how did you first hear about Orchard Church and describe your first visit? Megan, you were there at the first meeting we ever had. We got a mic for her. We can just pass it down there and hold it up to you. It should be on.
10: Um, so I, well, we started, we met Doug and Shelley at the Adams Fair, Lake. he said. And um, it was really through our kids bonding at the Adams County Fair that we got to know Doug and Shelley and. I asked Doug what do you do and he's like oh I just teach once a week (laughs) (laughs) okay what do you do oh oh, I teach the Bible okay what do you do (laughs) okay I'm a preacher and um, prior to that I had um, been talking to God and God was trying to direct me back to church and at that point my husband was an agnostic and um, I, being the stubborn redhead I was, I was like, well, I'm not going to church by myself, so if you want me to go to church, you got to drop it in my lap. And so uh, when he told me he was a preacher, I literally almost fell to the floor. And um, he said, yeah, our first meeting is going to be Sunday. And I said, okay, I'll be there. And uh, my husband's like, what? No, <laughs> wait, you're not going alone. You're going to be joining a cult. <laughs> So that's what led us to the church, and um, yeah, it was just a few few of us that first time, and it was just like it is today. It was warm and welcoming, and um, it's it's surreal to see what God has done, and to see all of you in the audience today. Yeah,
5: thanks, Megan. Darren, I know you were there very early on. So, yeah, a few months after you started, maybe four or five months after you started. Let me preface this by saying this is 99.9% true. (laughs) So my little brother, Keith, and I, we like to get together and talk about the stories in the Bible that don't necessarily get discussed on a Sunday morning, put on our little tin hats and have our discussions. And uh, he used to listen to a radio show called um, Art Bell, Coast to Coast. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. It's kind of a show for crazy people. I think that's why we listen to it. It's kind of a paranormal alien show so when he told me he he met these people at his apartment and they're starting a church and i'm like oh cool you know i, I told kim i said i don't know he's probably getting into a cult or something <laughs> <laughs> and he kept inviting us and he told me yeah there's this really nice lady hands out popsicles at the mailboxes and, and introduces people <laughs> to her and her husband and says we're gonna have a church service and I'm thinking this is weird (laughs) I mean he's yeah so I'm over at his house one day and there's this like I don't know what it was like a snickerdoodle pie or some sort of dessert I mean Shelly makes like these completely awesome desserts if you're part of her small group you probably got diabetes (laughs) she It's really awesome. So I'm thinking this is clearly a cult. I mean, she's basically using child molester tactics to lure people into the kingdom of heaven with these desserts and popsicles. I'm seriously thinking that. I'm looking for the tennis shoes and the weird Kool-Aid. And I told Kim, I said, we need to go check this church out because my brother keeps talking about it. And uh, we go and on the way home, we drive out from Littleton. We lived in Littleton for the first two years we attended the church. And on the way home from Green Valley Ranch, where the church was uh, at that time, I turned to my wife, and I said, what do you think? And she's like, uh, that's a pretty cool church. I'm like, yeah, do you think God had ever move us out here? She, this is what my wife said, my sweet little wife said, over my dead body. <laughs> <laughs> she literally said that. And of course, here we are. I mean, we were praying for our, when we were moving out here, uh, we attended the church for two years before. And. As I watched the church grow, I was thinking. I told Doug, I said, "You need to cut down on these sermons, man. I mean, you're going to need two services pretty soon. <laughs> you need to take the quality down a notch, man." <laughs> we were sitting in a small group, our first, our second year, wondering where we were going to live, praying for a house, and if we would have looked out the back window of the person that we were, we were at uh, Dan and Lori Lechner's house. If we would have looked out the back window through their, their yard, we would have seen the house that God would have eventually given us. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. So yeah. that's how we came here. That's awesome. And been at this crazy church for 10
0: years now. Yeah. Playing guitar every week just about. Liz, you were there very early on. What do you remember most about those, those early days?
1: It was small.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I just we were family, and we just did life together. Mm-hmm. It's, it really operated like a small group operates now. We, we ate together, we prayed together, we played together, we worshiped together, mm-hmm. and uh, rejoiced together, and mourned together. Mm-hmm. And I think I remember that most, that, mm-hmm. that those people just um, were my family.
0: Mm-hmm. And still are.
1: And still are, yeah.
0: it's
8: yeah. <laughs> awesome. James, um, What's
0: one of your most memorable moments?
8: Uh, Definitely for me is the day I got saved. And uh, I can remember sitting in the back row of Prairie View, and I guess it was the third Sunday that we were meeting here. And uh, I had gone to church for quite some time before that, but had never accepted Christ. Um, But it was that Sunday, and I just remember raising my hand that, you know, I believe in Christ, I believe in God, and I... I knew, really, at that point that I was saved, and then I talked with my soon-to-be discipler, Yanni, and he led me to Christ, and, you know, I knew it in my heart and said it with my mouth when I met with him, and at that point, I was saved. That was definitely my most memorable moment. Yeah, I'll never forget that. You jumped right up out of your chair and went and talked to somebody. And then there was baptism that morning, too, and uh, I didn't have any you know swimsuits definitely no plans to get baptized that day and after I accepted Christ I was talking with Yanni and he said well you know how about getting baptized now that you've accepted Christ and I said well I don't know that's a lot this is a lot to soak in you know I'm not sure if I can do it and he said well why don't you just let the water soak into your clothes and I said okay so he got baptized and what he wore to church that day it was awesome Isn't that cool
0: that's awesome thanks James How about you, Jason? What's one of your memorable moments from the early days? You guys were at the first Bible study.
9: Yeah, it was an amazing cult beginning. (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding. And, you know, it was, you know, it was a, I came here for protection of my wife, you know, to protect her from this little man that was meeting us at the fair and, you know. (laughs) Little
0: man, yes. But
9: but I was skeptical. Yeah. Very skeptical then uh, I became friends with everybody at first and uh, you know it was a we had this little small group I mean it was a that first Sunday was just amazing I mean it was like although I wasn't really I was there with you know you know all my blockers up but uh, you know it was amazing how much it changed and grew and you know I remember I remember when you bought the trailer because we couldn't fit on the couches anymore mm. at the orchard and uh, apartments there, which is kind of ironic right. the apartments that we met at was called the orchard Yeah, and then uh, we started buying these white chairs and loading them in the trailer and, and then we started hanging out a little more and mm. all this stuff and, and then one time it was, a, it was just before Christmas, we are having our Christmas, uh, kind of small group church mm-hmm. service in the evening around a campfire at the um, or a fire, by the fireplace mm-hmm. and, and I turned around and I said, I'm sure you guys know this, that you know I don't, I don't believe any of this stuff, but I really enjoy your guys' company. But, <laughs> but uh, I want you to know there's something, something working on me. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure what was, gonna, you know, what was going on, but something's working on me. Mm-hmm. And Yanni, of course he's really been an impact in a lot of our yeah. lives, yeah. he just looks at me and he goes, I hope that's a thorn. In your side yeah he did. <laughs> and sure enough that's yep. you know that was one thing and it was you know it wasn't that day but that thorn in my side was getting really sharp mm. very painful and I was fighting more than I was and it was just finally just giving up and uh, you know it's just it's
0: been an amazing ride I'll never forget the night you called me it was very shortly after that Jason called me up one night, and I, and he, I answered the phone. He said, hey, it's Jason. I said, yeah, Jason, what's up? And we had been praying and praying and praying and praying for Jason to put his faith in Christ. And we all knew he was getting close. And we would prayed for months, and he called me, and he says, I did it. I said, you did what, Jason? I did it. You know what I mean. And I said, did you accept Christ? He goes, I sure did. And so it was awesome. It was awesome. Very cool. So, we're going to kind of turn the corner now. We've been celebrating the last 10 years of all the amazing things that God has done. But to whom much is given, much is required. And we don't believe that God is, is finished. We believe He's just getting started. And so, what are you looking forward to um, in the next 10 years here at Orchard Church? Kim, we haven't heard from you. What, what are you excited about as we move into the next chapter in Orchard Church's history? Well, I can't really
10: pinpoint one thing because to look forward, I look back. And what I look back at is a small group of people started this church and we're looking at this amount of people right now. And to be a part of that has been such a blessing. So what I look forward to in 10 years is how many more people
0: will
1: this church touch?
0: Right, we're gonna need a bigger stadium. Yes. (laughs) How about you, Terry? What are you looking forward to? I have an idea. I might know one of the things. Me? Hey. Yeah.
5: Two services.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and not having to set up and tear down every week.
5: Right? That's fair. That's right. Yeah. Liz, how about you? What
0: What are you looking forward to?
1: I'm just looking forward to see, seeing how God continues to grow our faith. I mean, I cannot express how God has grown my faith through Orchard Church in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. To, to see us go from that group of 20 in the clubhouse to getting into the rec center, to coming to the high school, to purchasing land to put a building on, to sending a group of people to Erie to start a church there, the feeding centers, our missionaries, our Spanish speaking ministry, all of that has just grown my own personal faith so much. And that is so exciting to me to know that in the next 10 years, God is going to continue to do God-sized Amen. things Amen. through this church, through, through this body of believers, and Amen. that's awesome. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate that for sure?
3: <clears throat>
0: what? You want to say something, Shelly? Okay.
3: I just want to say that, you know, when we were this little group and God called us out here, we never thought or imagined that God would do something as big as He's done, and it'd be easy at 10 years for us to sit back and relax and go, look at we're, we're done. You know, God did so much. And God just keeps saying to me personally, he's like, just ask me for more, Shelly. Yeah. Ask me for more. Because I believe the best days are ahead.
0: Amen. Amen. I think we all do. Amen. Well, hey, I want to thank um, all of you guys for being willing to come up here with me and answer some questions. And um, I thank all of you guys here for your amazing faithfulness for the last 10 years, because all of you guys have had a huge, integral part in everything that God has done. And so we love you guys. We appreciate you. Thank you for 10 faithful years at Orchard Church. Can we thank all these folks? Thank you. Let's head down. Thank you, guys. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Well, we just got a couple more things, and, and then we're going to wrap it up. I know it's a little warm in the sun. But we've got a little bit of breeze going, so thanks for kind of bearing with us. You know, we've had an opportunity for a few moments this morning to look back at all the amazing things that God has done. But now I want to kind of turn the corner, and I want to, Shelley, set this up perfect, to look forward to all the things that God has planned for Orchard Church moving forward. Because Jesus said, "To much is given. Help me, church. Much is required, and i, I don 't believe that God has blessed Orchard church the way He has for ten years for us to just you know enjoy it and keep it to ourselves. He wants us to get it out there, He wants us to share it he 's blessed us just so we can be a blessing and we can continue to be a light in this community, a community where many people still don 't know Christ. Well we just recently did some demographic studies and, and found that about ninety percent of the people in this area still have no church home. Uh, many of them don 't know Christ. That represents about 55,000 people within a 10-mile radius of Prairie View High School that still don't go to church. Many of them don't know Christ. That's enough people not to just fill Prairie View High School Stadium, but to fill Coors Field. I mean, that get a visual of that. That many people in our community still need to know about the Jesus that we know. Amen, church? Amen. So, We've worked hard, and God has done a lot for 10 years, but I believe that God is just getting started. And if we want to be able to celebrate 10 years from now, if I could just take you for a moment from this moment 10 years into the future, and what God wants us to do to make a dent in those 55,000 people that still need Christ, and what it might look like 10 years from now at our 20-year anniversary, if we want to still be able to see people coming to Christ being baptized, being discipled, connected in small groups, then we realize as a leadership team, we've got to take some huge steps of faith. We took a huge step of faith as a family 10 years ago. And a lot of unknowns, and it was scary, but look what God has done. But now we have an opportunity to collectively as a church, together, take another huge step of faith in this community. And we've come to the place with three services, we're out of room. If we don't take a step of faith, then all the people coming to Christ. I mean, doesn't it encourage you guys like it does me every Sunday, every service, when I ask for people to raise their hand and accept the Christ, that people do so? And we do not want to stop seeing that happen. We, we don't want to stop seeing 15, 20 people every month baptized. The average church in America baptizes seven people or less per year. Orchard Church has already baptized over 100 people this year. Already. This year. But, but those kinds of results are going to be, listen church, please hear me on this bear with me for just a few moments. Those kinds of responses and results are going to be a thing of the past if we don't take a major step of faith to position this church to continue to be effective in this community. And as most of you know, we're out of space. We're out of of services. And so One of the steps of faith that God has clearly led us to take is to purchase the 38 acres of land with cash, but we didn't buy the land just so we can look at a cornfield. We bought the land to put a building on it. People have asked, why have we not put a, a sign on the land that says future home of Orchard Church? And I said from day one, we are not putting a sign on the land that says future home of Orchard Church. We didn't buy the land to put a sign on it. We bought the land to put a building on it. A building where we can go from three services to two services and double our capacity to outreach up to 3,000 people in this community to take that huge step of faith. So I know a lot of you guys are bearing the heat right now and you haven't bailed out left because you want to see a picture of the new building. (laughs) Unfortunately, the... Our, our architect wasn't able to finish. I'm just kidding. So, for the first time in our history, uh, we're going to show you right now a picture of our new permanent facility that is going to be a huge step of faith for Orchard Church as we move in to 2016. So, let's count it down from three, two to one together as we show you the building, and then we got a video we're going to show you. You guys ready? Help me out. Three, two.
1: One!
0: excited a little bit? Now listen, I I know it's a little hard to see on the screen. You guys are going to, before you leave today, you're going to be given some information. It's going to have a nice full color picture. Uh, There's a website you're going to be able to go to. You can watch the video again and things like that. But let me say this, as excited as we are about this new building that we are, Lord willing, going to be able to break ground on in the first of the year in 2016, I've said this for 10 years, and I say it again today on our 10th anniversary. We did not come to Denver, Colorado to build a building. We came here to build a church, and God has done that. Amen? It's never, and as excited as we are about the building, it's a tool. It's never going to be about a building for us. It's about not building a building. It's about building lives. It's about building a legacy in this community for generations to come, a place that we can call home, a place that we can call our own, a a permanent facility. And so we have been praying. We have been working hard. We've hired a a, a church consultant. And so today I'm excited for the very first time to announce and launch what we're calling the Legacy Campaign. And you're going to be hearing about this. Anybody excited about the Legacy Campaign out there? Because... We're not just building a building, we're building a legacy in this community of reaching people for Christ. So we put together a little video that you'll see a little bit more about the building that is going to tell you today about the Legacy Campaign. And then I'll share a few more words and we're going to wrap it up. So check this out. When I think of legacy, I think of a man like Henry Ford. With his innovation, he basically laid the foundation of the 20th century. The assembly line became the century's characteristic production mode. His Model T spawned mass automobility, altering our daily living patterns, our leisure activities, and the entire American landscape. When I think of legacy, I think of a lady like Mother Teresa. She began her life's work by simply teaching impoverished children how to read and write. With no real equipment, she taught them by writing in the dirt with sticks. Throughout her life, she received many awards, including the Nobel Peace Prize in 1979. She continued her work with the poor for the rest of her life, leading missionaries until just months before her death on September 5, 1997. When I think of a legacy here in Denver, I know we all think about the Broncos. It's almost impossible to look at the history of the Denver Broncos and not think of the legacy of John Elway. He led the Broncos to two Super Bowl wins, recorded the most victories by a starting quarterback, and statistically is the second most prolific pastor in NFL history. You can see his legacy cemented in the Ring of Fame Plaza at Sports Authority Field today. These men and women have built a legacy that will last for generations. And as a church, we know that God is calling us to do the same. This land has been a place of harvesting crops for generations, but soon we believe this land will yield a different kind of harvest, a harvest of souls. Many churches have the motto, If you build it, they will come. But at Orchard Church, we've always had a different motto. Our motto has always been, once they come, then we'll build it. Well, they have come, and now it's time to build it. 10 years ago, we planted Orchard Church in this community, but now we have an opportunity to establish Orchard with its own permanent facility, right here, right now. We've been patient, and we've waited on God's timing, and he's made it abundantly clear, it's time to build. But we're not just building a building. We're building a legacy. We believe that our church, you, will become a legacy builder as we combine our efforts and establish Orchard Church in our community with its own permanent space. Our vision is to multiply disciple-making churches. With our own 51,000 square foot facility, we'll be able to more effectively carry out that God-sized vision. Of all the population of this growing area, 90% claim no church affiliation, representing approximately 55,000 people. The Denver Regional Council of Governments forecasts this region as the new growth capital of Metro Denver. With this new facility, we will have the capacity to reach thousands more in our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Attendance will potentially double in size with only two services, which represent roughly 5% of our surrounding area. Our 1,250 seat auditorium will be the largest of its kind in a 10 mile radius. This building will allow us to focus on the ministries of our church without the responsibility of setting up and tearing down every week. With age appropriate environments and classrooms, we will be able to minister to our kids in the most effective and relevant ways possible. We will truly have kids classes that kids love. As we enter this historic season in the life of Orchard Church, we have the amazing opportunity to not only establish our church in the present, but also to hand it off to future generations in a financially responsible way. Our goal is to have a completely paid for building in three to five years. We're ready. Will you join us? We're inviting you to become a part of this. With us, we're inviting you to become a Legacy Builder. that video. You guys are going to get a chance to see that video. I'm sure we'll play it on Sundays. It's going to be on a website called OrchardLegacy.com All the information about the Legacy Campaign you'll, you'll be seeing that. But I love in that video where you see our land and then our building just appears. Wouldn't it be great if it were that easy? Wouldn't it be great if we just showed up one Sunday and there it is. But it's not going to work that way. We're going to have to pray. We're going to have to sacrifice. This has been an incredibly generous church for 10 years for us to be able to purchase the land with cash. But God is calling us to take another major step of faith in the history of this church to continue to be relevant and reaching people for Christ in the next 10 and the next 20 years because we're not just building a building, we're building a legacy. So this, today we're launching the Legacy Campaign. This is what we're going to be talking about for the next seven weeks. Um, You're going to be hearing the teaching on Sunday about vision, about reach, relate, reproduce, about the opportunities in this community. And then on November 8th, we're going to have Commitment uh, Sunday. You're going to be hearing about this teaching on Sunday. You're going to be talking about this in your small groups. And um, it's going to be an amazing opportunity. Now, I know what some of you are thinking right now. Oh, we're going into a fundraising campaign. And there is an element of that, because anytime God has done anything significant, when they built the tabernacle in Exodus 35, when they built the temple temple in 1 Chronicles uh, 38, God always called his people to take a step of faith and be generous. He always asked his people to do that, and God did amazing things. But I want to tell you, Orchard Church, you're going to hear me say this over and over. This is not a financial campaign. This is a spiritual campaign, as we have the opportunity to continue to reach people for Christ for generations to come in this community. This is not a fundraising campaign. This is a people-raising campaign, raising people from death to life, raising people from darkness to light, raising marriages. Amen? That's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. And so we need your help. It's an opportunity to raise us out of greed and to generosity and take ridiculous steps of faith, and we're so excited to continue. Really, what I tell people is 10 years ago, we didn't start anything. We just joined God where he was already at work. And now we're inviting all of you as a church, all of us together, to just continue to join God where he's at work in this community for his redemptive purposes to bring more people to Christ. Because there's many people that still don't know Jesus. When you leave today, in a few moments, all of you are going to be given one of these. All of the families. It's called a mission proposition. You can read through all of this. And inside of this, it tells you what the campaign is about, why we're doing it, how we're doing it, the wins, the outcomes. This is what we'll be talking about for the next several weeks and what God is doing and the vision of it. So you get to be a part of that. You will notice in, inside of this that we are, are going to be praying for God to lead us to ridiculous generosity and steps of faith and sacrificial giving, to be able to raise 3 to $5 million over the next three years, over and above our regular giving. Commitment Sunday is going to be on November 8th. And we're going to be praying and asking all of us, is going to be asking God, God, what do you want us to do as a family, to be a part of what God is doing? Not what do we want to do, not what can we do, but God, what are you asking us to do, which I believe will require a step of sacrifice and faith for all of us. Just like we took a step of faith 10 years ago, now we all collectively have an opportunity to take a step of faith and make these sacrificial uh, commitments. So on November 8th, we'll make those commitments and it'll be a commitment of a lifetime. We're asking from from all of us, and we're gonna see God do amazing things. We're also gonna be taking a first fruits offering that day, and so whatever your commitment is for three years, what what can you give kind of as a down payment that day? And if we can raise uh, three to five million dollars, if we can raise five million dollars, we could have a completely paid for 51,300 square foot facility in three to five years. Would that be okay, Orchard Church, if we were able to do that? And free up half a million dollars a year to go toward ministry, to feeding centers and missionaries and planting other churches. And so we're excited about this opportunity. But listen, the only way this is going to happen is for each and every one of us to seek God. God, what do you want me to do? What are you leading me to do? In First Chronicles uh, 28 and Exodus 35, when they built the tabernacle and the temple... There's a phrase you see over and over. It says, as God stirred the hearts of the people, and he moved their spirits. Listen, they all gave freely and wholeheartedly, and then they they all, Israel, rejoiced over the offering and everything that God did. And I believe that same thing is going to happen here at Orchard Church. And if everybody just seeks God on this, and we give freely and wholeheartedly, that's all we can ask. Amen? And so that's what we're asking, church, to to do, and we will rejoice over it. I love when they built a tabernacle and God's people started giving. And it wasn't equal gifts, but it was equal sacrifice. And they were so excited about what God was doing and their generosity that Moses got to the point where he told the children of Israel, Stop! Stop giving. You've given everything we need to build a tabernacle. Wouldn't it be exciting, Orchard Church, if I was able to say, hey, you guys can stop giving. The building is paid for. Amen? So that's something to shoot for and something to pray about because we're not just building a building. Help me, church. We're building a legacy. We're building a legacy. You're going to hear a lot more about this over the next seven weeks, and we'll we'll break this down into detail as we talk about the amazing opportunity that God has given us, and so that 10 years from now, we won't be able to fill Prairie View High School with all the people we've reached. We may have to rent out Coors Field or something like that, and that would be amazing. And so as we close today, um, we're going to close in a song of worship and worship through our generosity in just a moment, but before we do that, I want to close this service the same way we've closed on almost every service for 10 years and but this is when people ask what is Orchard Church all about if you strip everything else away this is what it's about connecting people to Jesus seeing people that don't know Jesus come to find him by faith and so I just want to challenge you if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior man get in on what God is doing You know, you've heard some of these stories of life change. Not one of these people that have accepted Christ have ever for a moment regretted it. So would you just right now bow your heads with your heads bowed and your eyes closed? And if you're here today and you would say, you know what, I've been kind of on the fence. I've been holding out, maybe kind of like Jason, but you know God has been speaking to you. And maybe today is the day that you finally put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And you get to experience what hundreds of people around you today have experienced. I want to lead you in a prayer of faith where you can... Ask Jesus to come into your life. It's not a magic prayer. These aren't magic words. But if you put faith behind it, you can invite Jesus into your life today. You can look back at the orchard's 10th anniversary and say, That is also my anniversary. That's the day I accepted Christ. So if that's you today, would you pray this prayer with me? It goes like this. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died on the cross for me to pay my sin debt. You did for me what I could not do for myself. Jesus, today, by faith, I accept you into my life. I accept the sacrifice of the cross as payment for my sins. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, nobody looked around for just a moment, just an attitude of prayer. If you prayed that prayer of faith for the first time today, I would love the privilege and honor to just pray for you and thank God for your decision. Would you just slip up your hand right now uh, all across the stands? God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you, young man. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Several people. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Let me just pray for you. Father, we just are overwhelmed today by your goodness and by your grace the many hundreds and thousands of lives that have been changed through the outreach of the ministry here of Orchard Church in the last 10 years. And we thank you for those today putting their faith and trust in you. And may they grow in their walk like so many others have grown in their walk as we disciple them and help them grow to maturity and their faith with you. And Lord, we pray that we would not just look back on 10 years of your goodness and your grace and your mercy and your blessings, but we would be reminded that to whom much is given, much is required. And we're, Lord, inviting all of Orchard Church to join us where you're at work and you're continuing to work to reach some 55,000 people that don't know you. And just as the Dameron family took a step of faith 10 years ago and look at everything that you've done, imagine what you can do with over 1,500 people taking steps of faith in this community to reach people for, for you. And Lord, I pray that the next 10 years You would just blow us away and amaze us with your grace and your goodness. And you would do what we cannot do. And it would be God-sized the same way you have blessed us in the last 10 years. And thank you for all those who put their faith and trust you to you today. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. 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 Let's celebrate 10 years and 10 years to come. And all those who have accepted Christ. Uh, You can stand. We're going to close in a song of worship. Worship through our generosity. If you made a decision for Christ, let us know about that. Drop the connection card in the bucket. If you receive Christ, let us please know about that uh, this morning before you leave. Uh, Make sure you pick up your mission proposition on the way out. And before, as soon as we're done with the last song, please listen to me. We need your help. Before we're done, at the very last song, if we could all just squeeze into the middle real quick, we'd like to get one picture of everybody. So real quick, when the last song is done. God bless you guys. Happy 10th anniversary, Orchard Church.